Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Are you listening to me? Now, go ahead and put up nugget number one. And uh, we'll, we'll just go through them. The title of my message today is The Joy. Say joy. joy. The joy of giving. Say, say it again. Joy. joy. Say it out loud. Joy. Say it loud so your neighbor can hear because they really need to hear it. See, see, it's the joy of giving. In other words, God doesn't even receive it unless you want to. That's why nobody, including Pastor Halp, nobody have a right to pressure you to give. You should never give because you feel pressure. I don't care who's asking you to give. And you should never give out of guilt. Because as a believer, there is therefore now no condemnation. In other words, God says, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you don't want to give first fruits, don't do it. If you don't want to tithe or give an offering, don't do it. But you don't have a right to block somebody else because you're stingy. And then let's not get hung up on the word tithe. I won't get into it today because most preachers have that wrong about tithe. Oh, God. Uh, because biblically, tithe, if you read your Bible, tithe is not money. P- put up nugget number one. Yeah, I'm going to work this. Just give me, a, just give me four weeks. L- let's, let's go. Get nugget number one. Ready? Let's read together. Come on, E-Church, read it out loud. But we can go home on that. In other words, in the core of your being, if you don't love God like that, it will express itself in your giving. Can I go ahead and work this thing? I, I know we got nugget number two. But the number one sin in the church What did I say? The number one sin in the church. I know religious people will talk about adultery. I mean, you go to preaching on adultery and they're not doing it. I mean, they'll get loud. Amen. You're real loud in the service. But the number one sin in the church is not fornication. Though fornication is wrong. Gossiping is wrong. Gossiping is sin. As a matter of fact, God said it's one of the things that he hates. It's sowing discord among the brethren. God says, I hate it. But the number one sin in the body of Christ, that includes Harvest Church. What did I say? The number one sin. The number one sin in the church is the love of money. And 
the number one thing that we do less repenting of is repenting over the love of money. And what's amazing to me, money causes more confusion in the church perhaps than any other thing. People who don't even go to church will talk about giving money in the church. And you sit in a barbershop or the beauty shop, listen to these ungodly folk who've never read a verse of scripture in their life in the Bible and walk out of the beauty shop and the barbershop like you just heard from God. And the reason you rejoice over not giving is because you're covetous. Because when you have a heart to give, you're always looking for a reason to express to God that you're thankful for what he's done for you. And if you came to Harvest Church and you were living one way and the word of God in this house has changed your life and now you're living a better way, you ought to praise God. You came in here living in an apartment, barely making it, and now you live in a house, driving a nice car. That's not an accident. You tapped into a ministry that believed in sowing. And every time the preacher talks about giving, get, get over titles. I don't have a problem taking the word tithe off the offering envelope. Because the tithe doesn't put boundaries on how much I give God. My wife and I, we're the biggest givers in this church and we don't have the, we don't make the most money. But the reason we give the most is because it's a heart. I have a heart to give. She has a heart to give. And that's why this house is blessed. So I cannot stand in good conscience. I cannot stand behind this pulpit and deny that over 30 some years of honoring God with our substance that has brought us to a debt-free ministry. And I know some of you, you stay home on First Fruit Sunday, and I changed it from First Fruit and said it's just a sacrificial offering that we give once a year. I changed the name for you, and it still didn't change you because you're stingy. Well, biblically, you're covetous. You love money. And you love money more than you love God. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't have a problem giving it. Most of you don't even tithe. They got quiet. Because... Most Christians don't tithe. 
and Harvest Church, we have a higher percentage of tithers than the average church. Why? Because we have a spirit in this house of giving. And stingy people don't like it. Please sit down. Don't, don't, don't get up again. <laughs> look, look at nugget number two. Nugget number two. Nugget number two in the video department. Ready? Read, church. Clearly, giving of offerings is the foundation for God's abundance in life. Nugget number three, please. You say you trust God? Let me see what you sow. And a lot of people, now, now let, me, let me back up. The reason I can't back away from this, mother, is because I grew up in church. And my Baptist church, not every Baptist church is that way. But I grew up in a Baptist church. And my Baptist church, they didn't teach tithing. And the Pentecostal church that I was around before I went to Vietnam, they didn't teach tithing. They taught getting in a $20 line. Whoever's going to, who's going to give $20, they stand up and they, I mean, they take 30, 40 minutes just receiving an offering. People get up in a $20 line, going to give $20, they get up, you know, the choir stand, get half empty. All right, who will give $10 today? And, and that's, that's, that was my introduction of giving in the church. And it was that way until I met a man from New York City named Sid Grabney who set me down and opened the word of God and showed me and taught me about tithing. I was going to a particular church and he went with me. He said, I'll go with you if you go with me. I said, deal. So he went with me to a Pentecostal church that I was going to and they had the $20 line. I mean, the place was packed because they majored on, on music, singing. I mean, they shouted and danced and, you know, just had it going on. Then come offering time, you know, you could hear a pin drop. And so I went with him. Then uh, after that, the following week or the week thereafter, I went to his church and it revolutionized my, my whole theology. And so he started teaching me about giving. Because the kind of giving he was giving, I had never seen it. And I mean, he flat out would always tithe, and it got in me. Then I go to school as a result of him. I'd finished college. But I said, I'm not going to answer the call of ministry and just run off, you know, just, you know, trial and error. I, I want to go to school. So, so I had an option of going to Raymond Bible College or going to Fuller Theological Seminary in California. Well, I'd been to California and I said I didn't want to go back. So I went to Raymond 
only to discover that I was going to sit under the tutelage of Kenneth E. Hagan, who I call Dad Hagan, who dedicated this church, who stood on this platform behind the podium at that time and dedicated this facility not to the devil. He dedicated it to God. And to God be the glory. We stand here today in a facility that Dad Hagen dedicated as a debt-free facility because of the tithe and offering and the liberal giving of first fruit. Without some of your participation, God still did it. Because everything under the new covenant, Minister Jones, is about principle. It's the principle that we tap into. We're not under the law. But the principle of sowing and reaping still works. Do we have any farmers in here? We have any, what do you call them, horticultures? People who know how to work with plants. Anybody grow? I don't, you know, I got some, but I'm not. They're dying now in the pot. <laughs> but we have, do we have people here who know what they're doing about plants? Yes, st stand up. You, you have plants, beautiful plants. Um, do you water them? Do you tend to them? Do they grow? Well, why do they grow? No, hold on. They grew under the curse. They grew under the law. If you put a seed in the ground under the law, it produced. Because it's a principle. If you put something in the ground, it'll grow. That's why if you put a wood stick in the ground, you go back over a period of time, it'll start rotting. It's rotting because the ground is trying to make it grow. Are you listening to me? Now, this may make some people upset. No problem. Find a church that don't believe in it because we believe in it. Amen. Just as simple as that. We're not going to fall out. And I'm not standing up here throwing stones at any minister that you heard on television or on some little electronic device. They have a right to take their position. But I know what giving has done for this house. I... As a matter of fact, I know what giving has done for the house that you're in. When I say you're, I'm talking about these ministers. You're going to tell me you've, you've believed in tithe and offerings and giving of, of sacrificial giving and it's done all that in your ministry and now you're telling the people that it was a lie? Well, if it's a lie, then I'm a fraud. Stay with me now. Nugget number three. Your seed is a photograph of your faith. Or we can put it another way. Your, your, your seed is a photograph of your trust. Number four. Let's go with it. He said, excel in the grace of giving. 
Oh, Jesus, I'm just, just really getting ahead of myself all over. Because you got some folks that Paul never said anything about tithing. That's not the truth. If Apostle Paul, and I believe in, in theologians, great men of God, of um, time gone by, they believe, and I believe in my study, that the author of the book of Hebrews is a Paul. And Paul has a lot to say about the giving of the tithe and offering in Hebrews chapter 7. Now let's, let's move on. What, what, no, no, uh, number five, let's go to five. I want to say it again, the Harvest Church. I've been saying it for 30 some years. If you don't love God enough to give, don't give. I really don't have to say it because you've been doing that for 30 some years you've been in the church. Those you didn't love him enough to give, you haven't given. And I've always said, if your problem in giving is the pastor, the, don't throw me in the boat with all the crooks you set up under. I'm, I'm not a crook. All, all the preacher want is your money. I'm not that kind of preacher. All those preachers should be stealing your money. Maybe some of them do, but not all preachers steal. I'm not stealing. I'm not stealing. I don't have to steal. I have too many members of Harvest Church who love me and my wife that if we had a need and they had the power to address it, they would. When I was going through bankruptcy and they repossessed my home in Blue Springs, I never stood behind the pulpit and told you what I was going through. Jesus. If I would have told the congregation, perhaps some of them would have got together and null and void them taking my house, but I never opened my mouth. Because I wanted to prove to you and to myself that God is well able to take care of me. And don't feel sorry for me. He replaced it with a better one. <laughs> and so I'm just simply saying, if you're not giving because you don't trust me, then find a preacher that you trust. You can eliminate that excuse right now. If you don't believe in what's going on here, go somewhere where you believe. If you believe I'm a crook, go somewhere where you don't believe somebody's a crook. Because I wouldn't give to a crook. No blessing in giving to the crook. And I know some of you struggle with it. You've never put a dime in my hand. I'm not talking about the offering. I'm talking about blessing me directly. Because you're stingy. And anybody who get around you gets stingy. Because by the time you indoctrinate them with your stingy spirit, but you're going to pay. You're going to pay. I know you're laughing now, but give us some time. You, you're going to see. Hallelujah. Please. I, in, amen. Please have a seat. 
So giving, did we do number five? Giving should always be motivated by love. Should always be motivated by love. I think out of the 30-some 30 30 years I've been a pastor, perhaps I've given money back to people. Maybe, I don't know, if, I know it hasn't been more than five times. I mean, when somebody came up and said, Pastor, I want to bless you with this, and I gave it back to them. I gave it back to them because I knew their heart wasn't right. Sometimes they were just doing it because other people were doing it and they just want to seem like an oddball. But their heart wasn't in giving me anything. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It's getting quiet, isn't it? Let's go to number six. Nugget number six, and I'm going to wrap it up with this. Ready? Read. That's the truth. That's the truth. Then there's, there's a statement about poor people, you know, are not required to give. That's another mis, misnomer. As a matter of fact, you probably need to give. Let me, let, let me help you. Let me help you. Because, because poverty is different than being broke. They're different. I don't want to elaborate on a great deal, but, but you can be in a beautiful home and be broke. You can be driving a Mercedes and be broke. You can have a designer purse and designer clothes on and be, and be broke. See, being broke is different than poverty. And there are some people who are in a cycle of poverty. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. And the church is supposed to address that. If there's a person in the church that is in a need, I mean a real need, not trying to hustle the ministry. We've had that. I mean, we've given money, I think, I'm not think I know, because a member brought somebody to me, and, 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 and I knew by the Spirit of God that that wasn't God. I just knew it. But we had this member who just had a real heart, you know, for feeding people, and I do too, but, but you know, they done, they done seduced her with their suffering. And, and, I went on for the church, and for those who want to know when it happened, so I don't give. We gave that in Raytown. You wouldn't even hear. That's why we're debt-free today. I wised up. But I went on and approved them to give this couple who were acting like a couple, give them the money to get to Denver. And uh, they took the money, and it just so happened... Some faithful members of the church happened to be downtown and saw the couple who were in church at the Greyhound station. I mean, not, not at the, yeah, at the Greyhound station in Kansas. So obviously they got on a bus in uh, Missouri, got off the bus in Kansas City, Kansas, and a member saw them. 
and they turned in the, the uh, what do you call it? Their ticket and got the difference in the money to go to Denver. Now stay with me. I'm going to show you something. Because there's a saying that poor folk don't have to give. That's a lie. You can't receive if you don't give. You can't get a harvest if you don't put a seed in the ground. Now, we're not interested at Harvest Church in feeding you all the time, naturally. We want to teach you how to feed yourself. Nothing wrong with a handout. Everybody needs a handout every now and then. I've received it over the years. I told you I went down to the, uh, the welfare office when I was in Bible college in Tulsa. And they talked to me so bad, I went outside with tears rolling down my cheeks. I said, God, I would obey you. And Minister Gravity would testify all the stuff I left to obey God. That's why preachers teaching on the hundredfold, they don't even know what they're talking about. Got something to watch. I got it. I got it. Hold my Bible, please. Everybody all right? I'm a, can I take my coat off? Maybe that'll help. Because I'm sweating. Not only am I sweating, but it's hot up here with all these lights. Okay. <laughs> so I went to the welfare office. And, man, they talked to me so bad. You know, like I was a crook. I never had nobody talk to me like that. And the reason people in authority talk that way to poor folk, because they're poor. And they know they have to take it. But I don't have to take it. I said, I don't have to take it. And look at that side, is slow. I don't have to take it. Come on, you better say something. I don't have to take it. You can't talk to me any old kind of way. One of the reasons you can't talk to me any old kind of way is because you're not my source. God is. And God doesn't talk to me like that. Because he loves me. And so I'm crying in the parking lot. Not boo-hoo-hoo, but just tears of brokenness. I done left my job, God. Because you told me. I done left my house and gave all of my brand new furniture to this new newlywed couple who were in the Air Force. Gave it to them. Washer and dryer. Ping pong table. Living room set. Dining set. Two bedroom sets. A master bedroom. Gave them everything. A brass bed. I gave them everything to obey God. And now I'm in Bible college and I can't pay my rent. But this is not my message. But you got people running around talking about, I'm believing God for the hundredfold return. Am I all right now? I'm going to have the hand. I'm going to get the handheld in a minute. Can y'all find me some other kind of mic? Get me something. Give me one that Apostle Price has. Give me one that Bishop Jakes has. He sweat more than anybody. Give, give, me, give me one of those kind of mics. Are you all listening to me? So you get people running around talking about, I'm believing God for the hundredfold blessing. 
The hundredfold blessing doesn't come from what you give. Read your Bible. The hundredfold return does not come to you on what you give. The hundredfold blessing comes to you over what you left. That's why I'm blessed. God sent me to a city that I didn't know anybody. I left everything. So you start a ministry in your city, you go across town and start a church. You haven't left nothing. The hundredfold blessing comes to you not over what you give. It comes over what you left. What have you left for God? Did you turn that man loose because God told you, leave him. He's not right for you. But you held on to your sugar daddy. Because you don't believe, you don't trust God that if you put that sugar daddy out because shacking up is not right. That God is not able to keep you above water. Is this helping anybody at all? I, I need to put this down. Help me. Somebody, somebody help me in heaven. Get, get me a better mic. Come on, y'all got to get me a better mic. We, we shouldn't be doing this. And then the devil don't want me teaching this. Here, let, here, let's, let, I don't want to give him. Yeah, the devil is alive. Yeah, he, he doesn't want me teaching this. But I, I, I'm all right with this. I used to preach without a handheld mic. When I first started preaching, going to different churches to preach, they didn't even have a, I mean, they had a mic at the thing, but if you moved away from it, you were on your own. And then after I got through ministry, they didn't even give me an offering. And I went in the parking lot, had myself a pity party, and God said, what's the problem? I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was the first place I preached. Next place I preached was Oklahoma City. They didn't even give me an offering. And I'm like, God, what is this? The Lord said, who are you trusting, them or me? He's teaching me. Oh, let, 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 let me go on. Nugget number six. Did you read it? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Boy, some of you are real quiet. I know why you're real quiet. Because you're stingy. And you don't like what I'm preaching. You don't like what I'm teaching. It's making you mad. But it's still the truth. It's still the truth. Now, I said it's still the truth. In Psalms 115, you're going to hear a lot about that uh, in the days coming in verse 14. I prayed this prayer over you the other night, and uh, you're going to hear a lot about it. And I pray that the Lord would give you increase. That was my prayer for you at 3 or 4 in the morning. I prayed over you on my knees. I said, God, I pray that you would give them increase more and more and their children. Somebody need to receive that. That's what I was praying over you. 
that God would increase you. Anybody in here, it's okay if God increase you? I was praying. and No, here's, 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 the, here's the thing, Brother Blanks. I was praying it because I know God hears me. Some people hope so. But I know he hears me. And I said to God what he said in his word. Lord, increase the members of Harvest Church whose hearts are right toward this house. Increase them and their children more. Anybody receive that? I said, anybody receive that? Now, let's, let's, let's get busy. Under the new covenant, giving should always be motivated by what? By love. If you're in a service and the preacher is saying something or doing something that is making you feel guilty, that is not the spirit of God. Listen, listen. Even if you don't want to give, God will excuse you. Because if you don't want to give it, he doesn't want to receive it. Oh, God. Let, 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 preach, boy. Why in the church are we making such a, a fuss over this small matter of sowing seed? What is that all about? Why is there so much talk about giving? When there's a whole lot of other things that we could be talking about. Why is giving the only thing that make you mad? When you hear people talking about they don't like a church, it's always about the, it's always about the money. That's all that church talk about. No, that's all you hear. That's all you hear because your heart's not right. That's why I left Harvest Church. That's all they talk about is money. They and their, their daddy, the devil, is a liar. If all I talked about, about money, you wouldn't be saved. You wouldn't be healed. You wouldn't be delivered. You wouldn't be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utter. You wouldn't have found a husband and you wouldn't have found a wife. But you get mad over the ministry of giving is because you have a covetous spirit. And that's why you don't tithe. And then God proves to you right in your face. Even though you don't give like you're blessed to give. God still gets the job done. Without your participation. And we cannot, Didi, we cannot stand here today and say what we have by the grace of God is not connected to how we've been sowing. Oh, Jesus. 90% of the church and the great Bible scholars down through the centuries believed in tithing and offering. 
90% of the church today, they believe in it. Now 20% or less participate in it. But I didn't participate in it because I grew up in a church. They did not teach me tithing. And the church was full of college graduates of the Pentecostal church I went to. Full of college graduates. And they had homes. And they had BMWs. And they had Mercedes. And they had alphabets behind their name. But they couldn't stack two pennies together. Because they were living good, but they were broke. And you'll find people who have a lot of material stuff, but they're still broke. You are over your time. I just want the camera people to know I can read. So as I stand here today, how can I deny Kenneth Hagin? How can I deny the theologian Roy Hicks who I sat at his feet and introduced him to this congregation? Or Lester Summerall, who came to this ministry on several occasions and taught me about how to deal with familiar spirits. Who never denied the giving of the tithe and the offering. Johnny James, Apostle Price, Dr. Leroy Thompson, who taught my wife the word of God and about giving a Catholic girl who knew nothing about tithing. You can't tell me that the giving of the tithe and the offering doesn't work. And why didn't these great, these great minds, why didn't they tell me as a student, young man, tithing and the giving of offerings is not for today? And I don't care who's out there saying whatever they want to say. I'm going to believe these men of God that God set me up under. And I can't obey God even when I don't understand. They wouldn't be my teacher if they were not further down the road than me. And so it's clear it worked for them. The faith dome in Los Angeles, California, I don't care what his son is saying. Apostle Price, who was my great mentor, he built that thing with the tithe and the offerings and the sacrificial givings of the body of Christ. And my sons got their first time to stand in this pulpit and stand behind this podium and tell you tithing is not for today. I'll get out of my grave and smack the mouth, his teeth out of his mouth. Because the only reason you got a pulpit, boy, to stand behind is because of the members who believe in sowing and reaping. Are you listening to me? I know my time is gone, but let me close on this note. Because we're not under the law. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says we have been redeemed 
From what? But everybody always talking about the curse. What about the blessing? What about the blessing? Because of Jesus, we have been what? And you know that's true. So I don't believe if you don't give offerings that God's going to get you. Because it's not in the Bible. But you're not going to prosper biblically until you start sowing seed. And what's robbing you from sowing? I said, what's robbing you from sowing? And we'll get to that a little later. And I know I'm not leaving you all at a good place, but I am giving you a place to start. And it's, it's a matter of fact, it's a good place to stop because if you don't believe what I'm teaching, this is going to give you a good time to exit. Because the Bible says, Dad Hagen taught us in school, he said, said, when there's controversy going on, he said, you need to gather unto your own company. Did they teach you that? You didn't meet Dad physically, did you? You did? Did he taught you that? He said, then you gather unto your own company. In other words, you get around people who believe like you believe. So you can have what they have. We believe in this ministry, divine health, divine healing. And so our members live long and strong. You can pick out any one of our members and none of them look their age. So those of you who struggle with the tithe, take the name off. Take it off. Don't, don't fall out. There's so much more in the word of God than this little thing you're stumbling over because you're covetous, because you're stingy. To rob yourself of sowing and reaping because you're hung up over the word tithe, take it off. And just say giving. To the degree God blesses me, that's the degree I'm going to give. I don't have time. We'll deal with it next time we come together. But we're going to see in the word of God where Jesus was watching as the people were coming into the temple. And he was watching what they were giving. I said Jesus was watching what they were giving. For those of you who are saying, it ain't nobody's business. Jesus was watching what the people were giving. And it almost, Deacon Berkson called me on the carpet because as a pastor, I need to know if the people around me are giving, have a giving spirit. You don't need to be a minister of the gospel if you don't have a ministry, a giving spirit. Because after you minister and we give you an honorarium, it comes from the tithing. So it's wrong for me to give you something that you don't believe in.
Oh, Jesus. I said, oh, Jesus. So we're going to deal with this thing. We're going to deal with the tithe and the offering. And we're going to deal with the priesthood. We're going to deal with how Jesus came in the volume of the book. And he canceled. He null and void the law. But just because he nulled and void the law doesn't mean that we don't honor the principles of the law. Just because we don't give under the same conditions under the old covenant as we do under the new covenant doesn't mean we don't give. Oh, Jesus. I said, oh, Jesus. Yeah, I got a whole lot of work to do because God always gives. In this pandemic that afforded people to stay home, all it did for some of them is to open up an avenue for them to justify their covetous spirit. haven't sold anything into kingdom work since the pandemic. Now, maybe you don't sow to Harvest Church since you've been gone because your heart is no longer with us. But you need to sow somewhere. Wherever your heart is, you, you need to sow. Because God always gives. Can I go ahead? And everything you love, you give to it. I'm going to back out because I know the service not went much too, too long. But those who love you will give to you. If we're celebrating you. And those who don't love you like that won't give like that. Who Jesus. My life is blessed. My life is blessed not from what the ministry gives me as a result of being the minister of this church. My life is blessed and her life is blessed to the degree that it's blessed is because of the people who sow into us. And we have some members of Harvard Church who sow regularly into us. I'm on the payroll of two people. In other words, what do they have allotted out of what they get? They send me a check. Why? Because they love me like that. They love what the ministry has done in their life. I'm not talking about the tithe and the offering. That goes down in administration. Here they are. And I've never put my hands on it. I don't even know the combination to the safe. If you want to give me something, you have to give it to me directly. It has got to have my name on it. If it has Harvest Church's name on it, I don't touch it. But I noticed something because I approached a couple of people before today and I rolled up on one and he said, Pastor, I don't want to hear it. I mean, stop me in my track. Say, I don't want to hear it. I already know it works. Stopped me in my tracks the other day. He said, hey, I don't want to hear it. I know what people are talking about. He said, but I don't want to hear it. He said, I know it works. I know what giving of my tithe and my offering, and I know what giving to you and, my, and mom help. I know what it's done for us. 
And I noticed something, Minister Barrett. Those who sow with a loving heart into my wife and I directly, their lives are similar to ours. And our life is similar to the man of God that we sow into ourselves. Because you're going to, you're going to gravitate to whatever you're sowing into. Because what's on them will get on you. Just give it some time. And so all giving under the new covenant is out of a heart of love. God, when I look at where my life was and where I am today, I would be a fool to stand here and say it was uh, an accident. It just, it just happened. I am here today because of this principle of sowing and reaping with a, with a joyful heart. And I've been giving my tithe and my offering ever since that man taught me. And you have watched my life change and evolve into what it is today. And so that's why if those who want to know what's my position, I'm not against anybody. So don't go out here and say I am. I sent a word of love and compassion to my brother. But I cannot deny what God has done in my life. And these great men that God has placed in my life who never renounced the tithe and offering. Who all of their ministries was built on that principle. And so was this one. Can somebody say amen? amen. And so if you don't give, you're not cursed. That's erroneous teaching. You're not cursed. That's just man's or some preacher's attempt to try to scare you to give. And scared money don't work. We know that even in gambling. Where are my former gamblers at like I was? Throwing rocks against the wall or something. <laughs> I mean, you, you got the dice and you're not shaking them. You're shaking. <laughs> yeah. Scared money don't work. Scared money don't work. And so it's all this controversy in the church over money. For what? Why don't you talk as much or more about winning souls? You're majoring on the minor. It's easy to give when I think as to how good God has been to me. Giving is not a struggle. And I know I cannot pay him back for what he's done. But I can give expressions of gratitude. And I will if I don't have a covetous spirit. If you are blessed today, give God praise and thank you.
I'm not finished. I'm going to come back and we'll deal. We'll deal with the priesthood and why Jesus canceled the Aramic or the, uh, the Aaron, Aaronic priesthood. We, we, we're going to deal with that so you can see the common thread as to why giving never stopped. It, giving was instituted before the law. It wasn't denied when the law, it didn't stop after the law, and Jesus never came against tithing when he was dealing with it in the church in Jerusalem. And those who said Paul didn't talk about tithing, that's not true. He did address it. And I believe the reason that he addressed it because he knew by nature most people are stingy when it comes to their money. Please, please, please have a seat. I know this is a touchy matter. But I've heard very few people, Minister Gravney, over the 30-some years that I've been a pastor, who left the church because they didn't believe in my ability to teach or minister the word of God. But it's amazing how many of them have left the church because of the money issue. And go out of here and lie on me. And say you can't sit on the front row unless I see your W-2. I had somebody call me who used to be in this church, strongly in this church, and called me. The only reason I answered the phone is because of the position they once had in the church. I never would have answered it. Because I don't deal with foolishness. And I said, yes, brother. He said, yeah. He said, pastor, I heard that uh, people are having to show their W-2s and all that. I said, did we have, I said, did you have to show them when you were here? I said, ain't nothing changed. Just an old busybody. It ain't nothing worse than an old busybody woman than an old busybody man. They'll call you about this, but won't call you about blessing my wife. When they called you about this message that just went forth, did they call you to tell you, don't forget, this Sunday we're going to bless Mrs. Howe? Did they add that to it? And by and large, don't give me anything either because they're stingy. Well, that's my translation. The Bible translation is covetousness. And you're never going to walk in the blessings of God until you give. It's a spiritual principle. It's a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Listen, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I don't want to close the service. I know for some of you who tuned in for the first time, maybe this has been a real trying session for you. I'm sorry it's trying because it shouldn't be. Giving to the work of God should be an easy thing. Because to give, all you have to do is reflect on how good God has been. And eat. giving becomes automatic. How can I not give 
as good as God has been to me. And so I consider it a privilege and an honor to be able to sow in a ministry that, uh, that is honorable with my, with my givings. And so I speak over you today and I pray that this message has softened your heart to the truth. If you don't believe it, let's not fall out. There's so many more things we can discuss and find a common ground. But if you want to be blessed, you have to embrace seed time and harvest. Any preacher who tell you different, they're not telling you the truth. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? God will bless the sower. He said, I will give seed to the sower. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.